This week, the EU is supporting USB-C, Nintendo is revealing gaming details, and Facebook apologizes for not being great. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on a social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or uh, Twitter, uh, through one of the podcatchers like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, uh, tune in and a myriad of other options through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, uh, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, or of course on our website, plugkidslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Uh, this is episode 604 of F5 Live for September 27th, 2021, and there are several ways that you can join us. The first is if you're joining us live right now, normally Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to uh, f5live.tv slash join us, and there you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that is okay. You can also subscribe to this and all of our other shows by going to plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plughits Live Presents, First Looks, and a whole lot more. And of course, you can find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. So for our regular viewers, you'll notice that was different because my script crashed just as we started the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't technology fun? Anyway, we're here on a Monday um, and we're back. <laughs> We've been off for a little while for some personal stuff. I was sick and we had some other stuff going on. So uh, it's good to be back. Abram, how have you been? Uh, been way too long. Good. Good. It's, it's good to be back. It's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. It's so awesome to have Alante here. Woo! For sure. What's up? You know, there's a, when there's a, a heavy gaming topic, I've got to show up. <laughs> yep. I've got to show up. Yeah. And tonight we're talking about all the Nintendo stuff. And yeah. it's hard to do a Nintendo topic and not have alante on the show so because i'm a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure and that's good um you know we've uh, we've always said this right that the the way this show works is we've got people who have different different areas of interest and different focuses and uh that's that's how we how we keep the the show fresh and interesting we got different people who know different things alante is definitely our nintendo expert <laughs> And I'm, I know a lot of, about gaming in general. True. You know. So. so what have you been up to, Avram? You've always got interesting projects going on. Yeah, well, just really messing around with 3D printers a lot. So there's one sure. behind me. Oh, I can even show it to you. There you go. Okay. So ta-da. That <laughs> is actually a highly recommended uh, 3D printer called the Elegoo Neptune 2. Uh, it is one of the best deals. It is the best deal in 3D printing. You can often find it for 160 to 180 dollars yeah. on Amazon. Uh, it is functionally equivalent to the Creality, I think, Ender 3 Pro, which is a very popular model. Um, 
edit and it works really well. Uh, and, and so I've been messing with it, had to kind of put it together, which took me a little while. And then, cause it doesn't come totally put together. Uh, now I'm trying to upgrade it because you can, uh, you can add a sensor to it that will like, oh, that will do level, do automatic bed leveling for you, which is kind of a big issue with 3d printers nice. is having the bed be because by default, you have to kind of level the bed by turning a bunch of thumb screws, which is not mm. a precise process. So I have, oh, it's over there somewhere, a uh, uh, like a sensor that my friend sent me that basically it will, when you install new firmware, the sensor will go and touch the bed in a few places. So it will make a map basically of different points on the bed and like how far to put the print head above. Uh, oh. so even if the bed is physically not even, it will make it even in your print by, got it by lowering it. So I have so to, it, it doesn't like, require, it doesn't require you to do something to respond to it. It compensates for the current scenario. Yes. It, it compensates from your, for your lack of, of having it balanced. How, Which some how people much don't is like, they prefer to do it themselves. Oh, the upgrade is like 40 bucks. Uh, but you've got a, you've got to like string the wire through to the bottom and unscrew some things and like these open air 3d printers are much more for like a diy crowd so like when you're getting started with 3d printers which i did a few months ago something yeah. more like this one right this closed 3d yeah. printer here um is like is a better idea is easier because it's like it, it kind of just works right mm -hmm. but then you know you find out that like the the real 3D printing geeks don't use these enclosed ones that much. They use ones like that. It's sort of like PCs, right? It's like you can get your your pre-built PC that mm -hmm. just works, but you can't do everything you want. You can, uh, or you, you can, you can use your iPhone yeah. that works out of the box, but it doesn't do everything you want. And, it's, <laughs> and right. at some point, you, get some, you either are fine with that right. or you get something uh, more powerful yeah. Yeah. and more customizable. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, the big challenge has actually been getting it to print in different types of plastic. That's the that's the challenge for 3D printing. Most people are printing in what's called PLA, which mm -hmm. is, you know, which is good and makes stuff like this. But it will, it's kind of brittle. So if you have anything that, like, a, you know, that's a tool or anything like that, that needs a little tolerance for when you squeeze it, mm -hmm. or you're running a screw through, you want to use something... You want to use PET G, which is this other type of filament that I have on this mm -hmm. thing, um, and but the PET G, if the temperature is not totally right, you get like little, it gets stringy. So you get to the bottom of this little stringy. Mm, Maybe yeah, you can't I see. see, but it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's so. Yes, that's the project stuff I've been working on. Is spending a lot of time on uh, a lot of time on three D printer stuff. I will tell you all the three D printer stuff that you've been doing lately has gotten me wanting to get back into it. Um, I have got two open air 3D printers sitting at Amrock that are in pieces uh, that I think I want next time I'm over there. I think I'm going to bring one back <laughs> and get it back yeah, up and running. And I want should, to learn how to 3D print. So like that, that's been one yeah. thing I've really been wanting to get into. And so, you know, yeah. hearing you talk about this, I'm like trying to absorb as much information as I can. Yeah, it's for people who yeah. who are interested in getting uh, 
getting started with 3D printing, we have a Pilch Point episode with a yes, lot. Yes, we do. There might even be two with a lot of information <laughs> yeah. about yeah. Uh, how to get started. And then Tom's Hardware has a ton of 3D printing information, yeah. which is why yeah, you've got two of them in your room. <laughs> yes, yes. We were doing a lot and learning how to, like you learn by doing, so learning how to do this has been very helpful to me. You know, I think obviously there's a lot of different sides to it. Like, what do you want to do with it? Do you just want to make cute models like this, uh, which is nice, but, you know, I, I didn't really need a lot of cute, that many cute models in my in my life. Uh, <laughs> or, or if I did, I needed ones that were like, you know, pop vinyls. Sure. But you know there's there's useful things there's useful things you know that you can do with it too making like little tools and things like that i have over here somewhere a wrench i made with i made with it uh i can't say it's a great wrench because i, I should have printed a different plastic because it's a little bit you know porous here i have i mean it's a little meta but here are 3d print here are some feet for the 3d printer that were printed on a 3d printer oh, right shit. And you can like sort it. of you can screw and unscrew them, so like this will, you know, you put nice. a on it. So I thought it was kind of cool that you could actually take, have a screw that's, you know, three D prints and has a thread. And you can you use go that into as a server rock, Scott. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, anyway, you know, so there's there's useful th there's useful things like that where maybe you need a part for a robot, maybe you need. You know, maybe maybe a little like hook or rack or something broke, and you need exactly the right thing. Um, this three uh, D printer could be really good for that. Yeah, yeah, and I can tell you when we did the robot in a weekend uh, a couple years ago, um, we used several three D printers during our design and implementation process um, for yeah. several parts on the machine. So yes. Lots of lots of capability uh, in the robot space. Uh, speaking of robots, great transition point. Uh, next week starts Roboticon 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, we will be at Amrock every weekend of October, <laughs> um, doing various versions of broadcasts. But don't worry, that doesn't mean that F5 Live will come to a halt. Uh, we will either be doing them from uh amrock after hours or we will be doing them back here on sundays like normal um so the show will go on it just we'll be in lots of different places and we won't exactly know <laughs> what it's going to look like weekend to weekend but uh we will be here uh and we will have tons of content on our twitch channel where we will be uh hosting the roboticon uh content as well as on the Roboticon YouTube page, so definitely check that out as well. I think if you search for Roboticon Tampa Bay, uh, you'll find our YouTube channel, and uh, we'll be there basically every weekend of October for some uh, version of broadcasts, so that'll be a ton of fun. We're looking forward to it. We're going to try some new stuff, um, particularly that we want to try. We're going to use this as an experiment for CES, We've got some ideas on some things that we want to do, uh, basically using the same technology that Avram uses to uh, connect in for this show. We want to be able to do that from the show floor at CES, and so we're going to try it out at Roboticon. We'll see if it works. Uh, <laughs> we will be talking about it on the show after it either works or doesn't. 
So <laughs> keep an eye out for that. That'll start next weekend. But for now, let's get down to some news. This week's Nifty Gifty is on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a laptop, a tablet, one of the many new Surface devices that were announced this week, um, Xbox games and a whole lot more, you can get them all at the Microsoft Store. And remember, the current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts and the new Surface hardware, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So normally we would talk right now about the Surface hardware, but um, I did a breakdown of that on uh, GNC Week in Review last night. So if you want to check that out, gncweekly.com is the place for that. But instead, we're going to talk about an interesting development that's coming out of the EU. Uh, several years ago, and by that I mean I think it was 2009, uh, the EU started a process of trying to standardize phone chargers. Now, I don't think any of us have any problem with the idea of standardized phone chargers. In fact, the fact that USB-C is the de facto standard right now is pretty fantastic. Uh, but in 2009... Micro USB was the thing that was trying to rule the world. Um, and so they got all the major players to agree to uh, either implement it or have a process uh, for using micro USB. In particular, uh, as you've figured out, Apple was the, uh, the question mark there. And uh, so Apple agreed to give all uh, EU residents an adapter from micro USB to lightning that seemed to, to make everybody happy. Uh, but times have changed. Micro USB is dead. Uh, and the current standard is USB-C. Uh, and so the EU has tried to get all the industry players to make a similar agreement. Um, and obviously everybody has, except for Apple. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that Apple is being a bigger problem this time is because the EU doesn't just want uh, compatibility, they want port. Um, so that's a big wording change from the last one. Um, they don't want just, you know plug your USB-C into an adapter for lightning and be able to charge that way, they want uh, a USB-C port on the iPhone. So Apple said, no, thank you. And uh, so now they're looking at actual, instead of, instead of agreement or regulatory means, they are looking at legislative means to force any company that sells a phone, tablet, camera. Um, I've got the whole list here. <laughs> uh, where did it go? Um, smartphones, tablets, cameras, headphones, portable speakers, and handheld video game consoles. Everybody to use USB-C. And again, basically, everybody is covered except for Apple. <laughs> but not lap. But not laptops. Laptops is not in that in that list. So 
I mean, we are, we have seen some really nice progress in the laptop world in the last sure. like two, three, last like three years or so, including with, including with the new Surface yeah. devices that have the dual option for the magnetic port or USB C. Yes, so we we have we have seen that and by the way apple was actually a pioneer in this mm -hmm. space in the sense that apple was among the first to use usb-c charging on a laptop apple is usb-c charging on a laptop apple is usb-c charging now on new tablets mm -hmm. but not phones correct mm -hmm. and and apparently they're pushing hard on it um so apple's argument Why? okay so apple's argument there, there, there are two specific arguments against the way mm, there's one argument against the concept and there's one argument against the way it's implemented so apple's argument is against the concept of standardization um and they have argued that essentially uh they they have more ability to do interesting things if they if they have their own connector and I'm going to tell you, just so we all know, uh, Plug Hits Live put out a post on social media, across all of our social media, asking, does Lightning give you anything that USB-C doesn't? And even die-hard Apple fans went, no. <laughs> uh, um, so I think while Apple says, you know, we have more capability to do interesting things if it's our own connector... Uh, they're either living in the past mm -hmm. when iPod docks existed or uh, they once again are going to are trying to fight giving up any kind of control. It definitely sounds like they are. They just want to be masters of their own domain. Yeah. Thank yes. goodness that micro USB died, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, hated it. <laughs> micro USB is not dead. I should. It is dead on phones. Sure. But yeah. It is not dead in the single board computer world, microcontroller world. True. Like true, here's true. here's a uh, <laughs> here's a Raspberry Pi Pico, right? Just yeah. new new device just came out in January and micro USB. Um, and this is a lot of this is yeah. a this is a professional production TV production SDI adapter. From HDMI to SDI, for for high end cameras that powers off of micro USB. Brand, yeah, brand new. That, brand new. Got it in May. Yeah. There's a lot of places that just won't give up on USB C, which I don't under. I mean, you have micro USB. Yeah. Uh, and then I mean, I think it is slightly more expensive because I've noticed that, like amongst there's like a lot of different like clones of this, you know, board here, and the more expensive ones have type C. Okay. So mm -hmm. I, I think type C does cost a little bit more. It, 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 it's probably a minuscule amount more, but it, you yeah. know, so on a phone that costs hundreds of dollars, it's probably de minimis, the amount right. of savings that they get. But, would get by but when you're, when you're dealing yeah. with a, a, a Pico board or something like that, you know, uh, they might be it's taking advantage Right, exactly. Yeah. They they're looking to take advantage of of the penny savings by going into old stock 
and and ordering yes. micro USB that yes. somebody's got so, barrels of somewhere <laughs> that I mean, they desperately that want to get that rid of. or could just be that it just costs less to manufacture. Yeah. I don't know. Could be. But I, I, I have heard that Type C is still slightly more expensive. Mm-hmm. But anyway, whatever the case is, you're you're right. Micro USB is a pain. I, I mean, it is, you know, one of those things that even no matter how many times I plug it in, I always get it wrong at least two times. Yep. Uh-huh. Right. Always on the uh, third try. <laughs> yes. Right. And if at you least. do it too, and if you try too hard to do it, and you do it wrong, you can break this, break it. So I've broken. When so Type C came along, yeah. When Type C came along, I really, really uh, was excited about it. I still love USB Type C. So. Yeah, Apple really has no legit excuse. Right. The worst part of it is that they've implemented USB Type C on every other device they make. So if yeah. you think it's not a good standard, why are you using it? Right. Exactly, and that's that's why I feel like they're still stuck in the old accessory lock-in days, where right. And and in fairness, Mini and Micro USB did not give the capabilities that that one forty. Four, and Lightning gave the iPod and iPhone mm-hmm. with you know full dock control and all of that. Mini and Micro did not give that capability. They were not. They were simply not part of the overall standard. But C does. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'd like to see. I would like to see the EU or somebody impose this on laptops um, below a certain wattage. Right now, you can only do Type C up to 100 watts, although mm-hmm. that's going to change, and there's going to be a 230 watt standard. But I don't think they. Uh, so, I mean, I still think the majority. It's getting better to where a lot more device laptops have Type C now, but but still, it's not universal, right? Right. right. Uh, I mean, you have Type C to get something like this. Right, mm-hmm. and I was surprised. Mm-hmm to see that laptops were not in this collection. Um, but I don't know. That's, that's its own I think weird they don't thing. know. Could I be. think the people and, legislating this don't know. And, and that brings us to the second challenge, which is to the specific implementation. Um, we, we got a quote from Maria Chaplia. Uh, who is the research manager at the Consumer Choice Center. And uh, she said that forced conformity is the greatest enemy of progress. Now, what what she goes on to say a lot of things. But specifically, uh, what she's arguing is that it's great that all the phones are basically using USB-C. But to, to legislate and force USB-C by name means that if there's a need for a change like there was from micro to C it's it's not going to be as easy it's not going to be as uh, as uh, straightforward and it's going to be discouraged because uh, this law is written the way that it is because it specifies USB-C uh, if it's specified, um, a modern standard or something like that, she wouldn't be arguing the same thing. Um, but the fact that it spells out USB-C, uh, at some point we may need to move away we, from it. Yes, we used right. USB-A as our primary thing on computers since 
the late nineties. Right. Uh, and we ha- but we switched to C because it's a better idea. Well, um, if this is so, a regulation, can't they just cha- update the regulation as needed? I don't see Type C going away anytime soon. It's not a regulation; it's an actual legislation. Uh, so you don't have you don't have a, a regulatory body that can just decide on a change. It's got to go through the uh, European Commission and the the whole parliamentary oh, okay. process. It, that makes it a big thing as opposed to a regulatory body that spe- that specializes in this kind of thing going well obviously it's time we need to be looking at something um here's and make right. a change kind of what i think yeah. of that what what i think of that is i don't think there's anything stopping anybody i i, I totally understand the idea of if they put this legislation in and you know you can only use usbc that kind of deters you know, any kind of idea of, you know, making that technology better or making something better. But like it, that doesn't necessarily stop anybody from trying to make something better. You know, it doesn't entirely stop it. But, uh, the concern that, that the consumer choice center has is that, uh, it, it factors into every, every, um, uh, engineering decision. Right. Is it yeah. worth spending the time to consider this only to have the EU step on it sure. and tell us this isn't the standard? Uh, or, well, to do this, we've got to do this. You know, we've got to go through this whole regulatory mm-hmm. thing. So sure. Yeah, I understand. That is, that's the concern that she has, and but, I understand it. Now, obviously, this is highly conceptual, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so... I don't know what the reality looks like. But so you're right. My USB-C of... is not going anywhere anytime soon. Right. Here, here's my prediction about the reality. And of course, this could be as good as my predictions I made when my son was born, which means <laughs> not very good. But um, but the, uh, but the I don't think that there will be another wired standard after USB-C. I think wireless is what happens after USB-C. So... I don't think that there this is ever going to be an issue because they haven't said that you have to. Uh, uh, this is only a wired charging standard. It's mm-hmm. not a wireless charging standard. Correct. And people have also said that Apple may get around, try to get around this by going by just having no cord at all right. and make, making people use their charger. Which so they've been talking the about next for standard, a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next standard is going to be the next standard for charging after this is going to be wireless. Yeah. I mean, it or there already is Qi, but I think the next. USB-C, first of all, I just think it's going to be around a really long time. But but beyond that, uh, beyond that, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the road, I don't know. Uh, they, there's there's uh, wireless power over the air. Yeah. Um, like mm-hmm. we've seen, like the Asia Coda stuff or whatever, where they're doing uh, power, you know, power delivery over the air. And I think that is the next. Yeah. That and then that is the next thing that will really replace type C. And if you, if you look at just the Apple ecosystem right now, the company that's fighting this the hardest, if you look at just the Apple ecosystem, um, they did something interesting with the seventh gen Apple watch, which was just announced 10 days ago. Um, and normally I don't know where it is on here, but somewhere on here, there's a, a hidden diagnostic port that apparently does not exist on the seven. 
Um, and instead, they've got this 65 gigahertz, 60 or 65 gigahertz uh, proprietary connection, uh, wireless uh, communication that appears to have replaced the diagnostic port. So they have already leaned into this. Hmm. Um, so for for like ultra uh, short range <laughs> communication, probably throw the thing on a on a diagnostic charger and you get um, you get data that way as well. So it looks like they've already started to pull even their own hidden diagnostic ports off of devices. So a portless future isn't as far-fetched as it may sound. So yeah, I, I totally agree. So it's, it's definitely interesting. Uh, the European Commission is looking at this now. Uh, no official decisions have been made, but uh, they probably will be made in the near future and we will see what that implementation ends up looking like. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and uh, improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. And to get a special price right now, you can go to pilchpoint.live slash PureVPN. All right, Avram. So we get another opportunity to see uh, a new product, right? I always yes. love when you've got show and tells. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so here, here is my today's show and tell. It is a Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Carbon Gen 9. So, nice. Wow. Uh, now, the Gen 9 means it's the ninth X1 Carbon. That doesn't mean it's using ninth generation Intel CPU. It actually is using 11th generation Intel CPU, uh, core CPU. So, um, so the X1 Carbon has been around a while. I mean, they've been, obviously, this is the ninth generation of it. But it is the productivity. It has long been the productivity uh, laptop to beat because... It is super thin, super light, but has everything you need to to really uh, work smarter, not harder. So uh, this here uh, is 0.6 inches thin, just like prior ThinkPad X1 carbons. It's only two and a half pounds, like prior X1 carbons. But there is something a little different about it. It is slightly longer and narrower because it is it has a 16 by 10 display so prior models uh like many laptops on the market today uh use 16 by 9 displays so 1920 by 1080 was the base resolution this is 1920 by 1200 so that gives you 11 percent more vertical screen real estate that means when you're viewing a web page or um or editing a document or something like that, you are going to see a little bit more on this screen than you would have, uh, than you did on last year's model and on most products in the market. 
so this comes with a choice of it starts at eleven hundred dollars uh, and it uses an intel core i5 or i7 11th gen processor uh, and it has either uh, 8 or 16 gigs of ram i definitely recommend going with 16 and uh, up to a one terabyte ssd uh, the what is really cool about this is the battery life is just unbelievable it lasts 15 and a half hours on a charge Wowzer. Test. Wow. that um and mind you like i said it's only two and a half pounds and 0.6 inches thick uh the keyboard is obviously really really good keyboard because it's it's a thinkpad and thinkpad keyboards are you know are, are always among the best mm-hmm. if not the best notoriously uh, like, wonderful yes uh for those who like the knobs as i do uh you have your you have the track point or this glass touchpad um the screen here uh this is the this is you can get it uh this is the what was the touch anyway uh you can get it you can get a it with touch not touch uh or you can get it in um actually above 4k it was like 3840 by is it 2400 so actually slightly above 4k uh if you if you desire they the speaker system on this is actually really good you have two you have two speakers on either side of the keyboard and another two on the bottom surface here wow uh, it uh so it actually sounds really good it has uh, the ports you need. A lot of thin and light notebooks these days only have Type-C. But here you have two Type-C ports, which are actually Thunderbolt 4 compatible. Uh, and you can charge from either of these. Nice. Uh, you can use the charger that comes with it, or you can use any USB-C charger that supports you know, 60 watts. Or even, I think, 45 will, will do. It also has USB Type-A ports, full-size HDMI out, not, not micro or mini HDMI, mm-hmm. and another full-size USB and headphone jack and lock slot on the other side. Wow. So so it's the performance is really strong, uh, you know, on par with other notebooks like this. I mean, obviously, it's integrated graphics, so it's not going to be for gaming. Uh, but you've got a really good... You know feel with the keyboard it's really light great to put on your lap stays cool while you use it uh even pretty cool uh when we were running uh an intense benchmark cinebench 23 uh, on repeat it stayed uh, the cooling was good the display the default display is not super colorful uh it's about uh 71 of the dcip3 color gamut but if you get the 4K display, it probably has more color. On the other hand, the viewing angles are really good. Uh, this registered 350 nits. Again, if you buy the more expensive screen, you you can get one that's promises 500 nits. But uh, unless you're going out in the sun, uh, this is probably more than adequate, and you get you get really good battery life for the. Uh, you get really good battery life for having a lower screen. 
Uh, here you have a 720p webcam, which is decent. You know, it, it does the job. Uh, it has a shutter here, so if you're worried about privacy, you can close the shutter. They also make a version of this, which uh, my review unit here doesn't have, with an IR camera for doing Windows Hello facial recognition. Okay. If you, if you so desire, um, but uh, it's, you know, pretty straight, uh, straightforward notebook that just really does a fantastic job. The keyboard just feels really fantastic. I love using. Uh, the track point because then I can type and navigate around the desktop without moving my hands to touch the t the touchpad. I know some folks just don't don't like using the nub, uh, but really it's it's hard to ask for more. I mean, I would I wish this were more upgradable. That is my biggest uh, beef with it. You cannot upgrade the RAM; it's soldered, and you oh. might be able to upgrade the SSD. Uh, I have. You're supposed to be able to. I tried removing the back on this. Because what you're supposed to do is loosen the five screws here and, and take the back off. But the back would not pry off for me. And mm. I wasn't going to force it because I try not to break this stuff people send me for review. Uh, so <laughs> Fair uh, enough. So, uh, But you're supposed to be able to get the back off to change the SSD if you want. My recommendation is just buy it with a five. Don't buy it with the 256 gig. SSD option because that's too too little. Um, so, I mean, this is this is a really good laptop. It's going to be on our, our review of this going up probably tomorrow on Tom's Hardware, uh, and it's going to be on our list of best uh, best ultra portables and best ultra books because if you are looking for a clamshell laptop to you know for for being productive, this this is the one to get. This, this is absolutely what I would take with me uh, to go to a major event like CES. Uh, I, I, ha I actually have an earlier, uh, uh -huh. like three generation, uh, an earlier generation of this uh, that, that I do take with me everywhere. Sounds like a powerhouse. Yes, a, uh, yeah. <laughs> a shopping journey that we all got to follow along on. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> that's all true. <laughs> um, I was at a, as an aside, I was at, uh, we had my mother's, uh, 80th birthday party yesterday and I was, uh, and we had over some of her friends who were of a similar age and, and one of them said he, he needs, uh, should he replace his surface? He said he has a surface four. Should he replace his surface four? Cause the battery is swelling. And I said, Oh, your battery is swelling. Yes, you should. Uh, I you should get rid of that laptop as soon as possible and hide uh, from it. I don't even know where. You, yes, I don't even know where you're supposed to take something like that, but uh, turn it over to some e-waste place or something because mm -hmm. yeah. that's a fire hazard. Yeah. And then he said, "Well, what 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 should I get to replace it? I really actually don't care about using it as a tablet. So I don't know why he had a Surface in the first place. <laughs> right. So." So I said to him, well, if it were me, I would get a ThinkPad X1 Carbon, uh, but, um, and he said, okay, but, you know, that sounds pretty good. What about, what about HP? I said, okay, well, another good choice for folks who, who just want to do, just want a laptop that's good for carrying around uh, and just getting, like, 
work done, but not necessarily gaming and not necessarily doing like intensive processor intensive stuff like video editing, uh, the HP Spectre X360 is, is always a good choice. So uh, that's the advice I gave him. But if it were me, I would I would get the I would get the ThinkPad because mm-hmm. of just the battery life is really epic. The keyboard is first class, and of course you have, unlike the consumer class notebook like the Spectre, this is a business class notebook that's gone through mil spec testing, so it's more likely to survive being dropped and shaken around and things mm-hmm. like that. It, it's it's made to last, and I can yeah. say from experience with. Other ThinkPads I've had, they do last. My son has my uh, ThinkPad that I bought in 2014, and he's using it every day now. Uh, it's a seven-year-old notebook, and it's still working pretty well. Mm-hmm. Very so. nice. Yeah, they, they're they pretty hard to kill. And based on your past recommendations, uh, I have also recommended <laughs> the, the X1 Carbon many times. Um, because I know how much you like it. Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's really good. So I def I I strongly recommend it. Uh, for more information, definitely check out our review, which will should be live probably tomorrow. Very cool. Well, Avram, as always, uh, I appreciate the the information. I always love to see the uh, the products that you're messing around with, especially when they're new laptops. <laughs> uh, show and tell is my favorite day of the week, and I look forward to what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, anime fan, or a pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. They get delivered to your door. It's like getting an awesome birthday present from yourself every month. And to learn more about the crates that are available and the deals that are going on, you can go to f5live.tv slash Loot Crate. All right, so uh, this week, Nintendo gave us a lot of information about a lot of things. (laughs) Um, Games, services, hardware, a little bit of everything. Um, So we're going to dive into it. It's why we've got Alante here with us. Uh, I mean, we always love having Alante here with us, (laughs) but we bully him into it. When there's a Nintendo topic that's this intense. Um, so I guess let's start with uh, Switch Online. Because it's one of the things that is, I think has been the most talked about. Everybody's got their little things about this game or that game. But Switch Online is what I saw talked about the most. And in particular, this new new subscription tier. Switch Online is 20 bucks yeah, a, 20 year bucks a year right now. Um, and there's a new thing, Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. We don't know how much it's going to cost, but it's super cool. So it sounds really interesting because they decided to 
uh, hey, we're going to kick off this this new service, this addition to your uh, yearly subscription. Hopefully it's not anything more than forty dollars or something. Right. You know, Um, I mean, but either way, it's a yearly thing. So eh, can't really complain about it too much. But uh, they decided to uh, give us some new virtual console things to play. And uh, those two new consoles that we get to play are now N64 games and Sega Genesis games. How crazy is that? (laughs) Right. But we've also been waiting a very long time for that. (laughs) It's true. It's it's a little surprising. And, you know, one of the things that that we've said for since the switch came out was that if any console had the ability to be like the go-to place Mm -hmm. for, for uh, retro gaming, it would be the switch. It's got all this capability to do, to do, you know, emulation of basically any other platform. We've gone all the way back to the original NES and Famicom, Mm -hmm. but somehow they've missed all kinds of stuff that they own, like the N64, which is probably the thing that people wanted the most. Mm-hmm. When they announced the the NES Mini, the first thing they that people said was, well, that's nice, but can we get an N64 <laughs> Mini? And they went, no. No. Why would we do that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think we want, money? <laughs> but, but with this, we got lots of cool games coming, right? Yes. Everything from... You know, your basics, Dr. Mario, mm-hmm. okay? Up through Mario Kart 64, Super Mario 64, uh, Yoshi's if. Story, Star Fox 64. Mm-hmm. And I those mean, are all launch day. Come on. This, this to me is really exciting. Like, especially, the, okay, so we, <laughs> a, a lot of the internet in general was we've been wanting, you know, an, uh, uh, an N64 emulator, which really should have come around a long time ago. Yes. Not not going to, you know, poke at Nintendo too much, but it really should have. We should be in, like, the GameCube era or even the Wii era at this point. The, the Switch should be emulating the Wii, especially since the Wii is not very powerful at all. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it's... The fact that they threw in Sega Genesis along with this, what that was the hook. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that really was like, okay, this is a, this is awesome. Echo, Mm -hmm. Fantasy Fantasy Star 4, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, but just two, which makes me a little sad. I'd like the first one as well, (laughs) but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Streets of Rage 2. Uh huh. That's a good one. Uh, Contra Hardcore, mm-hmm. Castlevania Bloodlines, all kinds of Genesis games. Yeah. This was a good move, honestly. Um, unexpected and a great move. And not only uh, are they offering the season. I mean, this, this is just for, we're just talking about the online service. But along with this, they also announced these controllers for yes. the N64 and the Sega Genesis that are uh, that are going to be coming out for the Switch, fully wireless, uh, Bluetooth, correct? Uh, I think so. I, I think, think that's Bluetooth. How, I think that's I how think all Switch is Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was saying, I think that's how all the controllers work. And they're, oh, it's wonderful. They are modeled after the actual. 
console controllers. Mm-hmm. The N64 controller looks and feels like an N64 controller. Like you still need three hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the Genesis controller, just to annoy all of us, uh, if you are in Japan, you will get the good Sega Genesis controller with the six buttons. And if you are in the West, you get the garbage three-button controller. Why do we get three buttons? Because there's always got to be something that's more exciting if you go to Japan and get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what? that right? Yeah. So yeah. now you now you've given me a mission, right? Which is <laughs> uh, when I hopefully go to Computex mm-hmm. in uh, next May, right? They often will have the Japanese Nintendo stuff on sale at the computer mall there. Uh, and last time I was there, now I, this was lost on me cause I wasn't looking for it, but one of my colleagues was excited cause they had like this retro Famicom, uh-huh. uh, there that you, that, that you couldn't get in the United States yeah. and maybe you get on eBay or something. Right. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if this is out by then, if I go, go to the computer mall next year and they have the six button controller there. And you bring one back for each of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. word on the yes, street is. If, if, if <laughs> I, you gave me a, you give you've given me a mission, so I will. There uh, we go. You give it now. It we'll have to see. I don't know. Did they say when it's coming out? Is it going to be out by then? By May? Uh, if I remember correctly, it's supposed to be before the end of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, it is supposed to be the end of the, before the end. So, of the year. so there's a decent there's a decent chance they often they have several stores that are devoted just to selling controllers and games and things like that. Most of the stuff they have is just stuff you can get in, you can get in the U.S., but sure. it, it, this is not to take this off on, on a Computex tangent or something. But, <laughs> uh, but but every time I go, which I'm so sad that I haven't gone the last two I years know. because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, but every time I go, we take a flight, the same flight that arrives at 5 in the morning, Taiwan time. The hotel will not let us check in until like 1 in the afternoon. So inevitably, wow. we have to find something to do before, before we can time. check in and go to sleep, right? Oh my God. And so I end up leading all of my coworkers over to the computer mall where we will like hang out until it like opens up at 9 a.m. or something. And wow. we will walk around the computer mall. And if it's the first time that someone has seen the computer mall, they're like, oh, this is cool. For the rest of us, we're kind of like, well, wait a second. This is sort of like new egg, but in person. Because they don't have anything, they don't have a lot that you couldn't already buy here online. Sure. But what they do have for those who are looking for it is that kind of thing. Yeah. So usually I end up walking around there like I gotta buy something on here, but there's nothing here I couldn't buy elsewhere. Now would... you gave me a mission. So Excellent. so next year, just remind me before I go. Hopefully I'll be going. Hopefully there'll be a. I'm gonna remind you. Oh, you'll get reminders. Don't worry. Guys, remind me, and I will. I will look for it there because they like, like I said, they usually have some like weird, like PlayStation and Nintendo stuff. As far as like mm-hmm, PC cool. hardware, it's very generic. Right, so, you, you know, stuff you can get here. All right. Before we move on to our next topic, I want to say hi to the chat room. I see we've got some people saying hi. Hello. If you've got input on uh, on our Nintendo topic or anything else we talk about tonight. Definitely let us know. I know that one. Excellent. Yeah. 
Um, so our next topic, uh, Bayonetta three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He made that noise then too. Yeah. Uh, God, I love that game. (laughs) Oh yeah. I see some more buddies in chat. Um, yeah. Bayonetta three. Oh my God. So here's the thing. What was the date of the uh, reveal trailer? I believe December seventh, twenty seventeen. Yes. So that was when we got the announcement of Bayonetta three, and all we got was a logo. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, hey, cool. We we knew it was on the horizon. Sure. <laughs> but sorry, that was my that was my fit of anger. <laughs> uh, but we knew we, we knew it was on the horizon. So now we finally got a reveal trailer. We finally get to see what she looks like. She looks absolutely gorgeous. We got to see a little bit of the environment. As, as per usual. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the reason why Jess plays her. Exactly. She <laughs> she always, Bayonetta always looks incredibly different, but always immediately recognizable. Um, so they, you know, they did a great job with her design. The environment looks a little different. The guys were talking Japanese at the beginning and I was like, oh, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's Bayonetta. Definitely. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. I recognize these cinematics anywhere, but, uh, um, a couple details that one thing that I noticed, I'm real big into voice acting and I know a lot of people noticed this, uh, right away is when she started talking, her voice was different and, uh, I was a little concerned at first. I can't give any spoilers away, but there seems to be a, probably a very good reason, uh, why her voice is different. Um, if, if you recall some of the events of both of the games, (laughs) so go play them. Uh, they are definitely available, uh, one and two for the switch. Um, and, you know, across various systems, they're kind of, you can get one here, I think on the, uh, yeah, you, you can kind of get them across various systems. But um, super, super excited that we got to see, uh, we got to see her in action. We got to see, uh, you know, she still has a lot of her torture moves. Um, she's still going to have various weapons. Um, I'm just hoping that we get to, you know, Still see some of our favorite characters show up, like her uh, estranged best friend Jean, and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Rodan, which uh, has been her arms dealer uh, for <laughs> for the first and second game. Um, super super excited. Um, our, our the the next game that we wanted to talk about. And we're not going to talk about everything that's in our in our uh, article, um, but. Some of our some of our highlights. We've got a visitor. If you're watching, uh, you're gonna see uh, a dog tail and a dog nose. We've got a visitor in the studio right now. It's There's a nose. Here. It's a dog. Um, hey, buddy. <laughs> so you're a star, dog. The 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 game that I think you made the most noise about was the new Splatoon. Yeah. Oh 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 oh. challenge my inner uh tool man there um yeah uh splatoon is anybody that knows me they know that's one of my favorite games i play it entirely too much i probably have about 1600 hours uh of gameplay uh for that for splatoon 2 and they finally uh showed off some more details um we got to see uh some of the special weapons 
uh, that they that they're bringing along in the new game. So there's the uh, uh, there was a kind of stretchy arms uh, special uh, that we got to see where you can kind of traverse the boards uh, around in your kind of ink form. Uh, and, and kind of like the inkjet, you'll return back to your, uh, original spot where you activated it. Zipcaster. Uh, Zipcaster. Thank you. You'll have the names cause I don't remember them. Sure. <laughs> um, there was uh, what was the ball called? I think it was the crab ball or the crab tank, crab tank, crab tank. Uh, I said, which is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get to, uh, it's, it, it has various forms. Uh, well, two forms. Uh, you get to, it, it's, it's a sphere, uh, but you get to walk around as a crab and it's got, uh, two different shooting modes, a kind of a regular, uh, gun mode. And then it's got a, uh, like an explosive round, almost like a grenade launcher, uh, mode. And they also brought back, uh, uh a couple of Splatoon one special weapons, uh, one being the killer well killer whale and the other 5.1 uh, 5.1 thank you i couldn't remember the number surround sound <laughs> doby um and <laughs> and they also brought back uh, uh the baller special which is completely different now uh before it was an instant activation which was horrible and <laughs> and uh if your teammates were either near you or touched you you would kind of share uh, that protection, protective bubble uh, with your teammates. But now it's kind of a device that you activate and it makes uh, a giant bubble in that area. It's uh, called the Big Bubbler. Big Bubbler. Um, the, the Killer Whale special, uh, if you remember from the first game, it you set down the weapon, it shoots out these waves, and then it creates a, a damaging wave that kills you. But now it... It does all sorts of things. There are like six different small waves, and they uh, it says they home in on on the enemies and and, and kind of travels around. So I, I, I they didn't really show that one off too much, but uh, I look forward to seeing how how that one actually works. And there's actually a third one I forgot to mention. It's uh, the the Ink Zuka Trizuka Trizuka. I knew it had a new name. Uh, so that one. Actually, you'll notice you have three like uh, uh, big tanks on your on your back of the weapon instead of ju it just being the rocket launcher that it used to be. Um, and now it shoots three projectiles three times, uh, which is wild <laughs> because it used to shoot out. Get this. It was a hor horizontal weapon that shot vertical shots towards you that got bigger the farther they traveled and it was a one hit kill uh so now hey. it's three projectiles that you that spread out and they, you could shoot three of them that's crazy it's wild um i don't know how that's not going to be absolutely broken uh when, I, <laughs> when that comes out i have to address something that's happening in the chat room right now somebody it's, just said that they have 1900 hours in splatoon he didn't say they he said you, as in me. You do? Yep. Okay. So, okay. So. He checked my Wii profile. I just real or quick want to put that into perspective. I definitely got the calculator out. Uh, that's 79 days. So, just wanted to do that real quick. So, that's the reason why Alante is this excited about Splatoon 3. I because mean, 
There's 1,900 more hours available to him, apparently. I, I may play it just, like, <laughs> yeah. just a little too much. Uh, <laughs> 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 just, uh, uh, just a little. But <laughs> yeah, but, that's almost three full months if you were to play straight through. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that into perspective. Uh, but, we've got some other information on uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, yeah. uh, Metroid Dread, but the game that I kind of hold on. Party Superstars. Is Mario yeah. Party Superstars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the game <laughs> that I honed in on because Mario Party has been a disappointment Trash. for so long. Trash. Um, it used to be fantastic. It was one of my favorite games. Wait, you don't s- like the current one? No. No. Uh, oh, but that's okay, okay because uh, Superstars is bringing back a lot of the stuff that I loved about the first while keeping some of a lot of the stuff that's good about the current and making what is theoretically a superstar game. So I'm stoked about this. Some of the old boards with now mm-hmm. added online play. I really love this day and night uh, cycle thing. Yeah, yeah where, it, where it cycles. So sometimes Boo is asleep and sometimes uh, steals, your, uh, steals your stars. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try and gender boo because i'm thinking 3000 brigade and that's messing me up <laughs> i'll t- definitely have a drag queen king oh, boo yeah. so you know I'm i sure do i'll tell you i'll tell you what's wrong with the uh the current uh mario party real quick um they did not structure the boards very well uh because several uh i want to say about 80 percent of the time that i played the uh, the current Mario Party game, whoever uh, went first wins. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, so you're. I think I think you're right. It is, uh, it is a little bit of a challenge. My son, my son and I just like we love to play Super Mario Party, mm-hmm. and that's one of those like really good games to play with other people or with yeah. kids for sure. And he, that's one of those games that we can really enjoy together as opposed yeah. to like Minecraft, which I can't. I tried and I just can't get into it and that the graphics that actually make me want to vomit, but like <laughs> super Mario, but like Mario party is great. So like, I'm excited about this new one because it's yeah. going to be even better than the, one, I, than the current one. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, we used to do Mario party events for like new year's Eve at, at my family's Why not? new New Year's Eve party on the old, like the original N64 games. We used to play it all the time. Um, And, you know, some of it has gone away because uh, the, I I don't currently have a switch. Obviously that's going to have to change with all this, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, I don't currently have a switch, but I've played some of the current ones. I played the, the Wii and Wii U and uh, it, it just didn't feel the same, but I love that they're doing the feel the same. And the the more modern stuff and adding stuff like the day and night and there, there's a lot of cool stuff. I'm super stoked about this, and I haven't been excited about a Mario Party game in, in a number of years. One thing I really think that Nintendo uh, made a good decision on, and I think they got this from uh, the recent uh, uh, success of uh, Fall, Fall Guys uh, Knockout. Mm-hmm is Fall Guys is Mario Party without the boards. You're just competing in mini games to get the crown, to yeah. be the number one. And that that's 
I think that's what people have wanted, really. And so they've made it to where you in this new Mario Party, you can just play the mini games online. So yeah. you can play the boards online, but you can also play just the mini games online as yeah. well. Instead of just it being like a training island, like in the old games, it's it's like a full featured game in and of itself, which I like. Yeah, that's that's a cool addition. And I think you're right. Um, you know, Fall Guys and WarioWare. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> have, good point. Yeah. Have have both taught Nintendo that that there's a lot of potential in in theoretically just partial games, uh, which which I think is a good thing. Yep. So super stoked. By the way, if if you need a Switch, there's another little piece of Switch news, which is that the Switch OLED is going to be out October 9th. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I'm definitely getting a dock, but not the whole. And that system. and that you should. And that you should get if you're going to get a. It, it's my understanding is it's not worth it if you have an existing switch. Right. To yep. buy a new switch just for Agreed. the for the improvements. But oh, if I, you don't, have I a definitely, switch yet, I definitely read the article from uh, your colleague over at uh, Tom's Guide. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of people have opinions on, but it, it just yeah. seems to me like it's worth the extra fifty bucks yeah. if you're buying a switch if you need to buy a switch anyway. For sure. Yeah, that's that's I my agree. plan. Uh, so I will have one soon <laughs> and I'm excited about all this. Most of all the retro console stuff. Cause everybody knows I have way too much retro stuff as it is, but I don't always keep it all plugged in. Uh, this will make things way easier for me. And I, and I know we're not going to talk much about this, but they are doing a fantastic job with Metroid dread. Yeah. For I sure. just have to say that. Yeah. And we've got, we've got a good summary of, of what's going on over there. Yeah. Uh, at the website, if you go to pluckitslive.com, uh, it's it's uh, one of the, the current articles or in the description uh, linked in our video. Um, Me too, Inky. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Super excited. There's, there's so much to be excited about yep. uh, from this Nintendo Direct. Uh, really possibly the most full-featured Nintendo Direct in ages. In a good while. Yeah. So super, super excited. Um, I, I definitely can't wait to see uh, a lot of this stuff come out. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is probably powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop. It actively blocks worms and dialers and exploits and bots and all kinds of stuff. And you can use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. All right. It is no secret that Facebook is a mess. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. In the time that we were off, um, the mess got more interesting, for sure. Uh, in particular, a series of uh, reports from the Wall Street Journal that included, but are not limited to, 
uh, special rules for VIPs that allowed millions of users to, quote, violate our standards without any consequences. Promoted uh, troll farm content in the U.S. The company knew that Instagram was uh, causing harm to girls and uh, buried the report. Uh, They ignored, knowingly ignored, drug and human traffickers and uh, even put things into place to undermine the company's own COVID efforts. Um, And these reports are all worth reading. They're all linked at the upstream. Um, But Facebook wants you to know they're sorry. Uh, And don't worry, Pinky Promise won't happen again. Uh, (laughs) uh, Obviously, we hear this all the time, right? They do something or lots of somethings that suck. They get caught. They get called out. And they go, oh, we're sorry. We won't do it again. Um, But in this case, they have promised to make changes. What are those changes? Um, They're actually going to care about or claim to care about safety and security as part of the product design and development. Now, you might be surprised to find out that that was not a priority. Um, It wasn't just not a priority. It was actively discouraged by both the growth and uh, policy teams. Both departments within Facebook actively discouraged the design and development teams from thinking about safety and security. So they'd pitch a new feature. They'd talk about how safety would factor in, how security would factor in. Uh, Growth and policy would both go, no, don't worry about that part. Just build it and let's move on. And so you end up with all of these problems and more. There's a story that comes to mind at our former software company. We used to tell it all the time. I may have even told it on the show. I know Elante's heard it. Um, Bank of America put in ATMs. People would leave their bank cards because they'd take their money and they'd leave. They'd leave their ATM cards in the machine. So what do you do? Well, you suck the cards into the machine. Okay. Then you have uh, a machine full of cards. So somebody can pull the ATM off the wall, take the cards, and start breaking into accounts. Okay, so now you got to put a shredder in the ATM. So now you have ATMs all over the country with card shredders built into them and somebody that has to empty them. And now you've got people coming in and having to get new cards and being inconvenienced. All they had to do was think, give you the card back before your money. You're not leaving without the money. (laughs) Take your card and now we'll give you the money. And that's how they work now. Um, And that's exactly what would happen here. So they'd implement a feature, things would go horribly wrong. They'd put policies (laughs) on top to address the very specific problem and then that would cause its own problems. A great example that we have talked about on the show, Avram, was they wanted, people were doing stupid images. So what did they do? They tried to promote video over images. And so what did people do? Uh, they did video that were still images. So, so the company then had to put an algorithm in place to check the videos to make sure there was motion. And then they would demote the ones that didn't have motion. So what do you do? You do what we're doing right here, and you have a slightly animated background, <laughs> and you put your text over top of that, and it doesn't get demoted. 
And so what do they do? They roll back the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, it sounded like it was a bad idea in the first place. Right. And that's exactly the kind of nonsense that that is happening here. But now they're not going to let the growth and unified policy teams uh, fully fully override safety and security Mm -hmm. ideas. I don't know. (laughs) look this is true in every this is true in most businesses i don't facebook is just a business that is under a lot of scrutiny sure for very Mm -hmm. good reason Mm -hmm. because it's so popular and it has great implications for our public life but uh the the reality is that almost every business when given a choice between doing the right thing and doing the thing that makes more money is going to do the thing that makes more money unless there's an economic incentive for them not to do it. So listen, they're like, for example, this business of not banning, not disciplining VIPs, right? Because these, because a, they don't want to create a controversy that causes people to leave B they, they, these VIPs were probably driving traffic and, mm-hmm. and, you know, usage. So why would we want to do to, to, you know, get rid of our cash cows? So yeah, you know, of course they're going to do, of course the people who who control the money are going to make the decisions and they have incentives. So probably what happened with the video thing was, somebody came up with the idea maybe it was because they were selling video ads who knows came up with the idea that that video we need to drive video plays Mm -hmm. right and that's what we care about and there was probably someone in the room who said who who was who said don't but you know people are just going to create still videos and workarounds oh come on who's oh come on don't don't be a negative negative Nelly, whatever, like, don't, you know, we want to drive, we want to drive revenue and you're telling us to stop. Why? You know, okay, but I think this is going to be a problem. Oh, don't be, don't be such a, don't be so negative. We, we got to drive money. So what happens? The person who said that it wasn't going to work was right, but you know, that's, that's how it works in every business that, uh, that I'm aware of, I've been a part of, everything every business uh every business you have people who who want to try something to drive growth and even if it's an idea where you're like hey wait a second maybe this is going to be a problem they will always want to try it because the incentive is to grow and so they have to for something like that to not work they literally have to see it not work yeah True. And, you know, uh, obviously, it's certainly a default behavior for many. It's not always that that way. In my, uh, the thing that comes to mind is uh, the microphones that are in front of all three of us. <laughs> um, the, the company wanted to lower the quality on the first company he founded. And, and he's like, no, thank you. And he left and went off and made these instead. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because he was more interested in making a product that that people loved and wanted, than <laughs> than necessarily, you know, getting that extra three dollars by getting rid of some shielding inside of a product and then 
shocking my brother. But that, <laughs> <laughs> that's obviously a different topic. But yeah, there there are the exceptions, and they're the ones that were being shot down by the growth and policy teams <laughs> in this case, which is obviously a shame. And, and like we said, in the past, uh, they come out, they get caught doing a thing, they apologize. Uh, do things ever really change? No, not really. Um, but they make a grand showing of pretending that they do. Yep. Just a bunch of uh, negative Nellies. I love that. <laughs> I loved that name. <laughs> that, that phrase. I really wanted Debbie Downer to be the next one. I wanted an yeah, SNL oh, reference I'm, in there. I'm, I'm sorry. Next next time. <laughs> All right. Next, next Facebook, uh, Facebook topic. <laughs> Debbie Downer becomes the... Uh, but yeah, so I don't suspect that a whole lot is going to change. Um, but obviously, I suppose we'll see. No. No. No, we won't. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know that you get free shipping on millions of products, but that's not all you get. You get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription with Amazon Prime Gaming, and a whole lot more. And to learn more uh, about what's available, to get quick links to all of these features and more, uh, and to get a free 30-day trial if you're not already a subscriber you can go to f5live.tv slash prime all right speaking of uh if given the opportunity to do the wrong thing they will let's talk about twitch for a second mm. uh hello twitch overlords we will be talking about you for a little bit uh if if there were I don't know. Let's say if there were four letters to describe 2020 at Twitch, it would definitely be DMCA. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the DMCA defined oh. 2020 for Twitch. Um, they absolutely came under fire with, uh, with RIA DMCA notices. I think we, we kind of, theorized that uh, Twitch had not mattered to Rhea until the beginning of 2020 and then they figured out how to scan it and once that happened woo, did the DMCA takedowns start to happen and so uh, very famously we talked about um, uh, replay videos just being deleted with no notice and then a very bizarre email being sent to streamers that didn't exactly explain what was going on. Yep. And then a very public apology. Hmm, sound familiar? About handling things very poorly and promising to do better. Um, the actual DMCA process has gotten a little better inside of Twitch. But uh, this week, um, well, last week, an announcement was made. And then this afternoon, another one was made mm -hmm. uh, just after... <laughs> Uh, the article got shared again. Um, so let's talk about what happened last week. Twitch announced that they had an agreement with the NMPA, the National Music Publishers Association, an organization that you may not have heard of, 
but it's kind of a sister to Rhea. It's a similar organization. Um, the agreement does not give streamers the ability to use music from NMPA artists in their streams. Let's be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not what it does. Uh, what it does is um, does not slit your throat if you accidentally do have music um, on your stream. Which which happens during special events yeah. and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so if you're... Um, you know, this would never happen on, say, YouTube, where you're at a booth at CES and there's music playing in the background and YouTube hits you for a DMCA for music you did not know was playing. Never happened. Um, <laughs> that kind of thing happens on Twitch, too, especially if you're playing, let's say, GTA, where mm-hmm. actual music starts to play, right? There's all kinds of problems. Uh, so this prevents you from getting absolutely destroyed uh, by a DMCA takedown. There's a new policy for NMPA uh, where your videos will come down, you'll get warnings um, instead of just like, I don't know, they come to your house and smack you with a sandal or whatever it is they do right now. Um, They're definitely calming the process down, but for NMPA artists. There are future possibilities as part of the agreement, which could include uh, revenue share with artists from your stream if you want to use NMPA music, but none of that's been announced yet, but it's all part of a possible future with the NMPA. Today, um, Newsflash. they announced, uh, I got the email at 12.38 this afternoon, um, that... Uh, is it Warner Music or Universal Music? Warner, Warner Music, music. Um, yeah. has been added to the agreement. So they're obviously out there actively working to create a process for these organizations to find, report, uh, find and report uh, unauthorized usages not under the DMCA process, which is better, I think, for everybody because they have not handled DMCA well. No. Um, I mean, people, so, were, people were getting their, their VODs and stuff taken down for just playing a game yeah. that had its own music playing. Right. <laughs> so this is, this is going to be a better process. Um, that not everything goes straight, goes to a warning. Some things will still skip a warning. For example... Uh, if you are trying to rebroadcast a concert, they're still going to hit you with the sandal or whatever the process is. There, there's definitely still, um, there's definitely still uh, things. You know, right, some things don't <laughs> don't uh, have soft penalties. Some of them still have very stiff penalties. So I think that's a good thing. Um, things like things like uh, uh, that was for you. Restreaming a restreaming a concert, uh, or uh, playing pre pre release music, things like that. Those are still going to have very stiff penalties, um, but I think this is better. Um, it's not great, but <laughs> but we're getting there. I mean, the process isn't isn't great anywhere, right? Yeah. Anybody anybody who's dealt with the YouTube process, or God forbid, the Facebook process. Oh my God. We've got a Drew Project video from 2018 that every six months Warner Music puts a claim on three seconds uh, of our video for a song that is not in the video. 
it, it feels like, like clockwork. Every six months, we get the, or is it three months? We get a, a, a DMCA notice. We've muted three seconds of your video for this. Oh, uh, a it's fair use because it's a performance, and uh, b uh, it's not actually in that video. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's high noon, and this is wild wild west versus wild west. Yeah, because and that's been that's been the Twitch. Thing, right? Yes. Laws don't apply to us. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, they do. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you have people who have been playing all sorts of copyrighted music while they're streaming. And, and while I, underst- I, I understand and agree that music makes the experience better, it's like you still need to kind of, you know, abide by these rules. But then you've got, you know, the, the DMCA guns just rapid fire shooting everyone. And it's like, well, okay, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> because some people are just playing video games, you know, it, it, they, they don't even know what's going on. Right. They're not trying mm-hmm. to break the rules. And it requires, it requires so many people to understand copyright law. Oh God. Right. Yes. The three of us right now understand the rules to a painful extent. Partially because we talk about it on the show, but partially because we all are content creators. <laughs> and at least at least the two of us, I don't know if Avram's ever gotten kicked for the same kind of stupidity, but uh, Alante and I know have dealt with this stuff. We've both had interviews we, and stuff we, come down. Uh, yeah, I haven't had that problem because I guess I haven't had an, enough stuff posted that actually was in a space where music was playing Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm very conscientious about this kind of stuff if i can be right Mm -hmm. obvious uh, are you guys all aware of the whole business now of police actually playing copyrighted music uh when they're doing something that they ought to be doing specifically disney music yep oh is that it specifically disney music yes so they want to make sure it's the best down it's the best to use. I mean, Disney sued a daycare for a, a hand-painted mural. Yes, Disney music's the way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. So, it, it, this is, uh, I don't know. Somebody should invent a kind of AI or something that, I'm sure this is feasible, that can actually, like, remove background music from uh, sure. from a video. Yeah. I mean, pre- I'm not saying pre- that's got great, but... But like it, it knows that. The, I mean, we have all kinds of things to filter images and filter sound. So mm-hmm. could we f- figure out what the offending frequencies are or something and and pop them off and get them out? Yeah. Now, isn't this half the reason why people use TikTok because you can get all this free music in TikTok? So it's certainly part of it. Uh, uh, Instagram Reels uh, works the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. So can't Twitch. Why can't Twitch make some kind of agreement like that? I think that's what they're working on. I think this is step one. Um, before, before, and, and I mean, it, in the in the announcement, they talked about uh, future possibilities, and then in bold said, "This does not mean you can use music." Right. <laughs> um, but they did talk about future possibilities in the in the emails that came out, and the NMPA uh, press release did as well. Um, I think this is phase one of appeasing the associations first. And then now that we have a process for artists to, to deal with 
unauthorized use, let's talk about how we can Authorized. deal with licensing mm-hmm. for for you know Twitch affiliates and Twitch partners and stuff like that. How can we talk about legally integrating our music into the platform with some sort of, of stream revenue share or something like that? Um, there's a lot of possibilities that I think are going around uh, behind the scenes. Um, but I think they had to appease the associations first and then uh, move on uh, to appeasing Twitch and streamers. Because they've got all the power, in fairness. they got all the power. The law is 100% behind them. <laughs> so. This is true. So You would think with all the money that, that they make, though, that yeah. Amazon... And it's Amazon entirely <laughs> makes from this yeah. that it, it shouldn't be difficult to come up with a solution that kind of helps everybody. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ads playing on Twitch now, you know, it's like watching TV in the nineties almost <laughs> depending on what channel you're or what channel you're on. Yeah. So I don't know. So we'll, we'll see where this goes. I'm hoping that, that that is the future Avram, that there will be some sort of, of agreement where you know you can you can say I'll I'll give up ten percent of my revenue or whatever and that'll go to the artist whose music that I play or something like that. It does sound like something like that is on the horizon, and depending on the percentage, I think it would be a hundred percent worth it because, like Alante uh, said, it makes it makes things way more engaging. So, I'm I mean, I, and I I know you're wrapping this up, but like. I think of like artists on Twitch. Yeah. Some people like to just sit, draw, chill, chat with their, you know, with their audience. Yeah. And if you're just sitting there in silence. Right. They're, they're, we got to come to some kind of compromise. Absolutely. If you're making any money from it, I will tell you it is worth every penny of $29 a month to sign up for Motion Array to be able to use that music for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just putting that out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, personally, I think it's worth every penny of the $29 to get the licenses to that music to be able to use and stuff. Uh, they're not a sponsor at all, but they are responsible for the background video that's playing right now mm-hmm. and the opening for both F5 Live and Pilchpoint. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Motion Array. Uh, and CES, Collision, uh, they've been responsible for a lot of our stuff, so... I, it's it's a great deal for content creators, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see something like that uh, come around soon. And with that, that is our show. Woo. <laughs> uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live. There was uh, a lot of conversation happening in the chat. Thank you for that. We always appreciate it. If you did Thanks, not guys. join us live and would like to in the future, normally Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can see links to all the platforms that you can join us. Or you can just watch us on Twitch uh, right there at that link and chat. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Um, wherever you are, make sure that you have subscribed, whether that be on one of the podcatchers, through YouTube, through Facebook, through Twitch, uh, Twitter, wherever you are. Definitely subscribe so you get notifications if you're on YouTube. Please hit the bell because... Uh, Subscriptions don't mean anything anymore. Um, (laughs) And uh, a reminder that next week starts Roboticon Tampa Bay 2021. It's going to be um, an extended uh, 
kind of exploded event. Uh, instead of everything happening at once, uh, every weekend will be dedicated to a platform. First Lego League is next weekend. Um, and then we'll ha on Saturday and Sunday, I think, is Vex. Uh, so we'll have a lot of stuff going on. We will continue to do our show either from there or back here in the studio, depending on how things go. Um, so we will still be on, but we've also got a lot of content from the event that we will be streaming on our Twitch channel. So you'll want to watch that as well. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, and with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, that will be there next week, I'm Scott. I'm Avon. And I'm Alante. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao. Suckers. So